What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Contractor Secrets Podcast. I'm here uh, in this business breakthrough session with my good friend Mo from My Fence Co. Now, I know a lot of us are painters, and I'm trying to get as many um, other contractors in here as possible because the principles are the same. And Mo actually works a full time job, and he's trying to run his business on the side. It's growing. Uh, he's got a couple subcontractor crews, but something's not right and he wants to fix it. So he reached out to me for a business breakthrough session and we're gonna dive in, and we're gonna figure it out. So it's coming up next, check it out. The big question you need to ask yourself every day is, do I own a job or do I own a business? And unfortunately, the majority of contractors out there own a job. That's right, they're a slave to their own business. But the other side of the fence is so much greener, it's so much better and that's when you're finally fully in control of your destiny, your freedom, your time, and that's what Contractor Secrets is about. It's about taking back our time, building a business with systems, standards, values, procedures, putting yourself in the driver's seat, and that's what it's about. So I'm excited. I'm happy to have you here. Let's dive into the Contractor Secrets podcast. Moving interior, um, you know, so True. That's, that's, always, that's always fun, so shuffling um, around yeah i want to get into yeah. it man your, your time's just you know as valuable as mine so let's just jump in i'm going to do a quick intro i'm going to ask you some questions and i'm going to give you everything i got man let's see if i can we can break through here all right that's awesome man <laughs> all right what's going on everyone welcome to the business breakthrough i am dude oh which first name mo 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 i knew it sorry dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, I drew a blank all right. I'm thinking my fence code, my fence code, my fence code. Right. Right. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the business breakthrough. I'm here with Mo with my fence Co. And uh, quick background uh, from our brief conversation not too long ago. Um, Mo is the owner of my fence Co. It's a it's a new uh, fencing business, um, not the fighting business, the, the fence installation business. And uh, he currently has a job and he's looking to start his own and going to really just pick up to where we left off, man. I think um, we were really just deciding whether you were going to kind of go all in on commercial work or residential work. Since our last conversation, you know, has anything changed? Uh, I gave it more thought for sure. Um, just trying to picture it, like have a vision for what it would look like sure. doing commercial versus residential. And I kind of lean in on more towards your side. If it residential could probably be a more sustainable, repeatable, you know, yeah, duplicatable. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. expectable yeah. kind of business flow because you know commercial jobs. They're the good thing about them is you know there's a fence going up on that job no matter what. It's on the right. site plan like it's going right. up for sure. But you know they're they're far in between. You can't schedule as well as you can residential jobs, and you lose a little bit of the relationship by meeting directly with the decision maker. Sometimes you're dealing with someone who's just looking at numbers and. Doesn't care whether right. defense is good quality or not, but that's right. Homeowners dealing directly with who's making the decision. Um, they're closer, <laughs> which yeah, yeah, that helps to go to them and manage them. So yep. yeah, I've kind of been thinking about what it would look like to be more residential than commercial. So it's kind of the same in painting. A lot of my following people listen to me are painters, uh, painting contractors. Um, when it comes down to deciding, there's more than just that one, uh, I would say like that one factor of, you know, um, you know, payments and meeting with people and all that. I honestly think the greatest, absolute most best benefit of working with homeowners. And, you know, you might think, oh, that's a, that's a weird way to think of it. I think of it is that you get free managers, 
free managers, right? So, so when my guys are painting in a house, I have a free manager there, which is the homeowner that's overseeing my team for me. It's a way that wow. it's, and it's, and it's ultimate accountability because ultimately they're the best managers you can hire because wow. they're not friends with the team. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know? So ultimately if something goes wrong or if something's off, or if the guys are taking too long of a lunch, which my guys are great, man, they, the hard workers, <laughs> I'm just saying that not everyone has that luxury. It, right. You know, if, if something's going wrong or if there's, you know, something going on, I get it. I get it. I get another set of eyes there um, wow. to, to look after now in commercial work, you know, it's, it's, yeah. Do you have a GC there? Sure. Usually that GC has multiple jobs. Um, I'm just saying that in the event that something is going on in a residential setting, you have another set of eyes. So that's one way I like to look at it. Another really best cool thing benefit. About that, yeah. Go ahead. The best thing about that is like, it happens right there. Like if there's something wrong, they're going to tell you right then and there. Commercial yep. guys will tell you two weeks after you've two weeks the after and exactly. And like, yeah, yeah, the homeowners and the homeowners don't care. Like the GC knows that there's budgets and deadlines and things they need to get done. So they'll, they'll let a lot of things go. Oh, your, your guy's out smoking a cigarette for two hours. You know what I'm saying? The yeah. homeowner. Hey, man, what's up with this guy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, know? right. Uh, That's a great point. So, and, and, but, but here's the thing. The, the team knows that. And there's a certain level of respect that gets elevated when they're working in a homeowner environment. Um, again, you know, because they know that number one, there's another manager, quote unquote, there that has, that doesn't care, you know, if they hurt their feelings by calling the boss. And, right. you know, I, I would expect my manager to do that, but there's this camaraderie there. Hey man, don't worry. I, I, you know, <laughs> that I, I, I can understand, but also, you know, it's good to know things as the boss. So that's yeah. a little bit of a different dynamic to look at. Another thing is the atmosphere for your guys is way better. And we talked about this um, and maybe you can elaborate on, you know, some things that, that you thought about in terms of, you know, hiring, getting into, you know, really selling the vision to people like, Hey man, I know there's a lot of fencing companies you may have worked for that do these new, you know, this commercial work and this cold dry stuff. We actually work with homeowners, you know? So why don't you talk a little bit about, you know, some thoughts that you have on that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's the kind of number one thing I lead with is like, you know, first question that always comes up is price. And I you know, always kind of like to lead with, it's like, you know, I know price is important to you. What other things are important to you after the fact? It's kind of like, yeah. I get that out of the way. I know price is important, but, you know, and I start talking about how we do things different. I, my first line is we hire PhDs for installers, which is professional hole diggers, which always gets <laughs> a laugh, you know, because it's, you know, just <laughs> break the ice yeah. there a little bit. But yeah, the biggest things that we do, we communicate, we coordinate and we consult. It's like the three big things I've seen happen on a bad job there was bad coordination yeah bad consulting bad you know they don't consult with you. they just you know tell you the fence is going to go up they don't really give yeah. you any kind of direction well my so concern really to, yeah i know you got the sales foundation down because I, I think you currently do that for a living right yeah yeah so you're you're working for a larger uh commercial company that does these large jobs so you've got the 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 process down in terms of presentation and, you know, ultimately following up, being that representative, like you've been trained to do that's, that's phenomenal. And the way I like to look at this situation, specifically when I'm, you know, helping business owners is that's your comfort zone. Okay. Like your comfort zone is that. So naturally 80% of your attention and focus is going to lean towards your comfort zone. It's the same if I were talking to you and you were an expert level fence installer and thinking, Hey, I want to own a company. And if you've never owned a company before, which I don't believe that you, you have, right? It's your first company? 
one company before it was one, a retail company. It was yeah. the retail company. That's right. You told me it was a retail company. So a little bit different, but the direction that you decide to head in has to come from a business owner mindset as opposed to a salesperson mindset, because a salesperson mindset is I'm going to find anything I can to sell to make money, right? That's like the first thing that you're going to try to do, whether it's commercial or residential. That's why the focus of our conversation Tim, in, in, in me helping you is the business owner mindset, which says, I need to figure out what direction is going to be best for the end result of, can I duplicate this process? Can I scale this business? Can it free me from actually having to do physical labor and at some point free me from having to do sales? And when we look at that, we have to find which, which direction to go in. You cannot be successful early on in this business taking on commercial and residential work. It doesn't matter what trade you do because they require different types of interaction, engagement, customer service, um, you know, the, the whole experience. Like general contractors want to see the numbers. Homeowners feel that experience. Like, you know what? I trust Mo um, as opposed to the other guy, even though the other guy's a little bit cheaper mo comes across as somebody that's actually going to make sure that we get a good job done and i and i use that somewhat to my advantage is like you know i, I think homeowners and i know i'm not going to forever be able to do this but i say hey you know you have the owner of the company here looking at your fence walking the fence with you it's not always going to be like that i understand but you know a lot of times they do have just you know i guess a regular sales guy or a new guy that comes out and just doesn't really right you know, give them the wow factor but I use that to my advantage for sure. But yeah, hundred percent different between the time commitment it takes for commercial jobs versus residential com completely. So let's say, world. let's say that we've made the commitment for residential, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. So one thing that I always like to ask, like, what's the, what's the X factor, right? What's the thing that if you were to come to my house, I already know based off of talking to you and looking at you, because you have a polo on and a really nice logo, which <laughs> I love. I told you that I love your branding. It's great. Um, Thanks why would I choose you? Although you said a couple things, the owner's going to be there walking the fence, which I can appreciate, but still, I don't know. That doesn't really, that doesn't really, you know, do it for me. So give me your best shot. I want to, every customer I ever walk up on, I, I want to deliver on the initial promise that we set when an expectation that we set from the very first time we meet, my biggest goal is to deliver on that promise. So if I come out there and I tell you, we're great, we're going to install efficiently. We're not going to be at your house more than a day. We're not going to, you know, cause damage to other stuff. We're going to try not to cause damage to a lot of other stuff. But if we do, if there's a problem and we're not perfect, if we fall short of our standard, I'm going to make sure that that problem gets dealt with immediately fixed for you. The biggest thing that I've written down to myself over time is, you know, the, the term pace performance after critical error. So like, like you know, I know errors are going to happen. There should be How do you far between because how you perform. Yeah. How you, how do you perform after a critical error? Wow. So it's like, if we miss the day, if we miss a, a communication, I'm going to try my best to make sure that initial promise I gave you is delivered on the final right. install is, right. is my so, biggest goal to anybody. Right. So one thing that I'm, I, I really, that even you saying that the substance of what you said was good, but the way that you said it was what did it for me. Right. So when you're sitting and I know that that's natural for you and I'm at, you know, we, you know, that we're, we're, we're putting together a podcast. So I want to make sure that, you know, anyone listening to this grabs that is that the substance of what you said is, is how um, it is, is great. Cause everybody can say the dream, 
but how you come across is is what sold me. So, you know, one thing that I like is that you do have a, a structured process. And I know that um, transitioning that to homeowners probably wasn't that hard for you, um, you know, um, which is great. So, you know, let's just assume that your sales process is good. And let's just assume that, um, you know, you have good administrative principles in terms of, you know, answering the phone, you know, and I know, did you, did you say your wife helps you out with uh, the phone? Perfect. So that's great. So she's helping you out with the phone. You got something in, in the back end. Now we have two other areas. We have production and we have marketing. So we're going to focus on those for the remainder of our, our talk here. Production. Do you have anyone helping you um, with installation right now? And what are they classified as employees or subcontractors? Tell me a little bit about who you have working for you. So we have uh, three to four crews that we can reach out for on subcontractors. Um, okay. So, and that's, that's my biggest hurdle right now is exactly what you said, marketing and project management is my two biggest. Right. And I recognize those are their two biggest weak points. Cause I find myself managing projects from ordering materials to you know, making sure they're on the trailer to delivering them to the job site. That takes a lot of time away from my ability to go sell jobs or to focus on other stuff. So, and that comes from mainly, you know, first starting a business, you feel like you have to do everything, which I feel like just internally I do. But um, yeah, biggest problem right now is, is project management. I don't have a project manager. It's all on me to schedule materials, order them, cost, right. jobs. I mean, everything that goes along with that so, and marketing side as well. Yeah. So, you know, um, I think personally, in terms of your business specifically, there's nothing wrong with the subcontractors that you have, as long as you trust them and they do a good job, which I'm going to assume mm -hmm. that they do. If you're proudly saying that you have four crews that you can reach out to, are you saying that's true? You have a yeah, good yeah, they're they're good. I mean, there's there's stuff that I want specifically done on almost every job, but they're they're good to adjust and do. Okay, all so let's just a couple hours before they're finishing. Yeah, they're pretty good. Perfect. So let's say that they're great. Okay, so we know. That and and just as a, a little side note, you still work a full time job while doing this. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you're like, man, I just have no time to do anything. Yeah, and, and uh, family and everything know, else, it gets crazy. Yeah, yeah, it gets crazy. So so, and I know you you said that there's a certain number you want to hit before you quit, and we'll you know we're just gonna assume that you know this job that you have is actually a good thing. And the reason I'm telling you that is because it's actually gonna create this urgency to hire this project manager way faster than it would if you were doing this full time because you'd be like I'll, I'll just handle it i'll just take care of it i'll just do this you know because your time you know but really your 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 full-time job is like a hedge against i would say you know the the laziness toward hiring a project manager because you just feel like you can handle it and that's something that is a detriment to a lot of business owners that they just feel like you know they they i, I got it i got it i got it i got it and when you say that too much you can't you fill your whole day up, right? I mean, I'm in it right now. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. so let's talk about what it would take for you um, to hire a project manager, right? So why don't you list for me all the things that you say that you do that are taking up so much of your time? And I'm going to, as you say them, I'm going to, I'm going to type them. So go ahead. Just project management or all together? Project management, only project, project management. management. So let's start with in the morning, waking up, and do you have to drive to the um, the material place to pick up the materials? Yeah, yeah, that, that's, there's time that starts off with okay. that. Uh, after the job is sold is like figuring out exactly what materials I have. What I do is I, once I sell four or five jobs, I do one large order, which means 
going through every job and seeing exactly what materials, what gates, what hinges, all the material build. Okay, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna say material coordination is the first one. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about the the physical physical aspects like hopping in the car. I just want to get those out of the way first. So driving to the material place. Let's mm -hmm. say that let's say you placing the order is before that, obviously. Driving to the material place. Where are you housing any of the materials if the, you have bulk materials? I got a five, 500 square foot storage that we just store surplus materials in. So I try to order in pallet quantities because I get a little bit of a price discount by doing yeah. that. But I usually end up with extra materials because of that. Yeah. So not only is it, it's probably the biggest pain point, And I'll be honest with you, it's like the extra materials, getting them on the job site, cleaning them up, storing them correctly in the storage unit. It's another trip to the storage unit to do that. Right. Before I'm, you know, running around back home to. Okay. Do so so what else is the project manager responsible for when you put that hat on? The project manager uh, delivering materials to the job site Deliver in them. the morning. Okay. Going to the job the site if there's a missing. So you would assume, and then meeting, probably you go and talk with the customer, right? So yep. talk with the customer. Okay. Do the layout. Talk according with the, to the site plan. The subs. Okay. Yep. You have to do, do the, the layout, layout, you said? Yeah, so we just take out the survey and start measuring corners and you know angles and whatever right. we have to do. So we're and then you got to do the site pins. Yeah, finding site pins, finding corner markers. Yep, based on the survey, okay. that takes time. That's mostly I just tell you know the install they're good about finding those before I get there, which okay. is really good. But, but you could you, you know, got to check them right. You got to check them. Yeah, I got to make sure they're set on the inside of the property line. Pull a string, which takes time, and making you know going over the site plan with the sub gate goes here they wanted it attached to the house in swing this way it's all on the site plan so would still, you say that that's about three hours to four hours of your time uh getting all this set up in the morning including material pickup drop off layout all that stuff i would probably say i'd probably say about two to three hours two to three hours okay so yeah. driving to the material place um delivering the materials, talking with the customer, talking with the subs, making sure, you know, all this is going, getting, you know, done, taken care of, um, surveying the job, laying it out, site pins, checking them. Okay. So you have this, you know, and, and here's my, here's my concern when I think of a project manager after that, what does he do for the rest of his day? If you're only doing one job a day, I, I would hope that I could have more than one job going in a day. So he would okay. go from, you know, maybe we can start. I'll be honest job. with you. I'll be honest with you with you working a full-time job and that it's going to be hard to get past one job a day. Yeah, no, I can't do it right now. You can't no. do it right now. So we no. know that you're not going to be comfortable leaving your job until something occurs where you're like, okay, I'm comfortable leaving my job. Now yeah. here's something that, you know, it's coming to mind. Okay. All of these things here should be done by somebody who's actually going to be on site for the duration of the project in my personal opinion right the problem with your subcontractors is they're just another company essentially and you can't delegate that to somebody within someone else's company that doesn't make much sense yeah right so so what i think would be the best possible option for you looking at this scenario okay and I, this is what i wrote down you got to wake up in the morning, got to drive to material place. You got to go to the storage unit. If you got to go to the storage unit, you got to deliver materials to the job. You've got to talk with the customer and be a representative of my fence co. You got to talk mm -hmm. with the subcontractors, get them on the same page. You got to survey the, the property. You got to lay it out. You got to have site pins and you got to check them. Okay. Now we talked about this the other day. 
But what I would think would be a really good way to organically grow slow, because the last thing you want to do is take on three jobs. You haven't had chance to go through your errors. You haven't had chance to make mistakes. You haven't had chance to really do all this. And keep in mind, you're still working a full-time job, which you don't want phone calls, man, while you're working. It's just not a good look. Your boss is going to be like, dude, you're where you been, you know, and and we don't want to get to that point unless you're really ready to leave. So my suggestion is to organically grow a crew of employees, okay? And the first thing that you should be looking for is somebody that you can plug into this role as a project manager. You're going to be grooming this person into ultimately a supervisor of not only your employee crew that is proprietary to MyFenceCo, but also the guy that oversees the subcontractors when you're ready to take off and leave your job and you can keep the subcontractors busy whenever that comes up and also can manage the employee crew that you have. Now, I would say that a good fencing crew is a team of four. Would you agree? Uh, Two to three, probably ideal. Two to three, even better. I mean, even if you do a team of two, fine. I mean, that means you're only two guys away from putting this process in motion. Fine, Mm -hmm. do two. So the idea would be, and even if you were to look for a project manager, bro, you've got to find somebody with experience in this trade. Like Mm -hmm. you can't, you don't have the time to train somebody to do this stuff and to know customer service, to know surveying, layout, site pins, you know, managing subs. Like that's that's a unicorn. Like, Mm -hmm. so if you're going to go unicorn hunting, you might as well recruit them for your business, right? Right. True. Mine as well. Instead of like recruiting them just to oversee subs, recruit them to be somebody that actually works on site and can manage the one other person that you hire as a quote unquote helper hand. Because really that's what you need. That guy's going to say, Hey, hold this, do this, dig this. You know what I'm saying? That's going to be the dynamic. Um, And I was saying, good. I wanted to understand the the project manager would essentially be the main foreman on the job installing. So he would have to know how to install fence as well. Of course. Wouldn't you think that it would be beneficial, even if I didn't give you this advice and I said, you know what, just find somebody to manage the subs. Wouldn't you think it'd be beneficial for that person to know how to install a fence? For sure. You know, because the subs aren't even going to listen to him. They're like, well, this guy has no clue what's going on. So if you're going to find somebody that knows how to install a fence, recruit them to be an employee of my fence co as a project manager who gets paid not only to install, but also to manage. And then once you build that trust with that individual and you know that they're a good applicant for your company, when you decide to leave your full-time job and you want to find work for the subs, that guy gets promoted to oversee the subs. Now in the beginning, you're going to be doing that. You're going to be overseeing Joe, your new project manager and his employee who are doing one job here and there. And then you're going to be overseeing the subs if you do happen to get jobs for the subs. And then eventually you get to a point where you're like, dude, this is too much. Joe, come on. You're the supervisor. I'm going to find a new project manager to manage the helper, helper guy. And now you're going to oversee, you're going to take over my role. Right. And then now you just go into sales and now you're in sales. And then eventually yeah. you're going to be like, dude, this is a lot. I'm doing 15 estimates a week. I got to get somebody to come in and do sales. Right. So that's how it works. The game is you're literally in a role and then you fill the role once you're extended. Right. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? So it doesn't matter what business you do, that should be the game that you play. Um, So 
So in my personal opinion, finding this person to do this job for you, this, this, this project manager, um, there's a process in place. I talk about mm-hmm. my sales, my, my hiring process a lot. That's what it's going to come down to. And I think you're going to attract someone that has a like mind to you, but I also want you to have this set out ahead of time. And I think what you should really do is understand that you need to pay well. And the biggest fear with employees is that you're not going to be able to keep them busy, but you will. Mm-hmm. Once you have somebody to keep busy, you'll find a way to keep them busy. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? True. So, so let's talk about this for a second. What, when I say find an employee and you know, no wrong answer here, what, what would be your next move? Um, I, I've been thinking about going to, and I'm not sure if you've tried this or it's good going to like maybe a temp service to where they can plug me into a project manager that can, that way I can kind of feel them out. I think they do like two or three months, you know, uh, so trial a temp service is, a, is an employee lease is like a leasing agency. So essentially you can't, I think that there's verbiage in the contract that you can't recruit this employee to be proprietary. Because ultimately the temp service wants to be the, you know, they want to have. Oh, no, I, I was talking about more for like temp to hire. So like there's three months of them, like you get them, but then they, they have an opportunity to become a full-time employee after like three months or something like that. There's. Yeah, you I, could, you could go yeah. that route. I feel like, I feel like you're missing out on a large pool of labor uh, simply for the fact that not everyone buys into those temp agencies you know, um, so you're missing out on a lot of people that would would want to work for you that you can find. And I'll kind of let me real quick run through my, my hiring process. So essentially, you want a really appealing ad that says exactly what you're looking for. You're going to put it on Craigslist or Indeed. Um, you're going to filter those applicants into a Google form so you can have all of their information in one place. That Google form is going to have different questions that are going to really showcase their character. That's what you're looking for is character. Somebody that holds themselves to a high standard, knows the business that, that you can resonate with and say, you know, I trust that person. Because ultimately when you hire somebody in this role, you're going to want to look at them as if they're going to be talking to your customers. So you're going to be looking for character. Skill is great, but if you can't communicate, it's going to be bad for you and for the customer. So that's the focus. From there, it's a phone interview. So you're going to be calling, Hey man, getting that feel of what they talk, how they talk, you know, you know, all that, all the above from their in-person interview. So we've already done four filtering out processes right there for in-person interview. After that, it's going to be a working interview, right? So you were now that's, that's five steps of hiring. And if you want to do a background check, you can, right. And if you want to do a social media check during one of those stages, you can as well. Right. So that's a seven step phase of filtering out an applicant. You know, um, the tricky part for you is going to be aligning this up with a residential job. You know, so maybe find a customer that, you know, is a little, you know, a little lenient. You don't want the guy who, you know, goes out and sniffs his grass to check for fertilizer, you know, that knows that. <laughs> you know, you want somebody that's pretty lenient that if, you know, you know, just so you, you can get a little test run going, even though you'll be there to supervise it. And remember, that's what you're going to be doing for a while. You're going to be supervising this project manager. You may actually even be helping this guy in some regard until you find a helper. The helper is easy. We need to find a manager. And I think that you should think about how much you're going to be paying that person. Do you have a clue? 
Um, I was thinking in the ballpark of, you know, 16 to 20 dollars an hour somewhere okay. there and i just kind of wanted hopefully to start somewhere where i can build them up and right you know, i agree that it's agree. you know if you start out this and like if you stick with me for three months six months nine love twelve it. and then love it. yeah you know so even I if it's a small increase it's still like it's still something you. to strive toward and i think yeah. very important i like and it. it's quick it. it's like three six nine is like yeah, it's almost immediate you know re- yeah. you know increase yeah. but it still gives me time to feel and nine months I agree. i'm for sure to know yeah. I, yeah. I love it. So in three months, you know, let's say you start some off at 16, uh, maybe 17, you know, whatever I, one thing, here's my rule, whatever somebody's getting paid at the job that they've done before, if I really like them and I want to bring them on, I always up it a little bit. You know, I always want them to feel like coming to my company is a step up, you know? Um, I don't want them to feel like financially, you know, because a lot of people come to work for money. I mean, sure. you know, as much as they like, me, you know, they, they come to work for money. So I got to, you know, obviously pay them. So for right. me, you know, they, you know, I want them to feel like they're getting some more, you know, um, and the more you pay the, you know, the higher quality, um, the, you know, you're, you got to remember that good quality labor is, is, you know, sought after in the marketplace. So you're competing for not only business, but for good quality labor, um, you know, so what do you think about some of that in terms of production? Then we're going to talk about marketing real quick. What do you yeah. think about that strategy? That would that would take off a whole nother, you know, like you said, there's going to be that supervising phase to where I'll, I'll just have to be, you know, building this guy up to set it up how I I would prefer. And I can probably learn from him too, but it's it would take away so much of the responsibility, not responsibility, but most of the time that it takes to manage jobs to do that whole part so I can grow in sales and, and market more That's jobs. That's exactly and, what it comes down to. I, I can yeah. only save on costs so much before I bottom out, but I can grow my sales to 10 X and not, right. you know, it's just, you know, there's, there's only so much you can save and try to do yourself. Yeah. So that, that's why I, I love that you say the project management, because that's literally what I've been thinking about the last six months. Like the first person I'm going to hire is going to be a project. manager. Well, it's gotta be done. And I think there's a good opportunity. I've been telling everybody this right now during Christmas to be hiring you think how many guys struggle to find work right now? Even my company, dude, we're thin on jobs. I just know the game though. Like I know that every year around Christmas, around January, people are all like not thinking about painting. They got, they either got it done before in November or they're planning on doing it in January or, you know, the spring, you know, around that time, like the vast majority of, of requests. So it's like, you've got to be a strategist as a business owner to get your, company through you know late december early january and a lot of guys aren't a strategist so unfortunately they have no choice but to either let their guys go or i mean i've got my best guys during this time period every year i mean i get somebody if if i need them you know because i'm the one i have the work you know and whoever has the work is the the king of the castle man and Mm -hmm. uh so that's why we're going to get into marketing because marketing is what brings you the opportunity and marketing is a 9,000 million times easier for a residential contractor than it is a commercial contractor because marketing channels now are so uh, geared toward homeowners. You have Facebook, you have social media, Google, home advisor, all these things. I mean, it's, it's beautiful. I mean, back in the day when you needed work, you got your boots on and you went knocking 
essentially the marketing strategy. So now we have these, these, you know, this ability to really get our name out there fast. You already have a great Google reputation. I saw it. I love it. Okay. Um, Thank you. Yeah. So what is, what is another, like when you think of like getting your name out there, if I told you, Mo, get a job today, what is your go-to? I mean, I would be probably start door knocking. I mean, to get immediate okay. attention, but Good. So um, let me hit on that. That's, that's okay. So we just identified what I would call a weak spot in your marketing and that's good. Cause I want to help you. So you need what I like to call an aggressive marketing approach, right? So aggressive marketing approach is there's two phases. One is acquisition, which is acquiring leads. And the second is you reaching out to those leads and following up, right? So if you told me Tanner, find a job, what I would do is I'd go to my customer database, shout out to Drip Jobs right here when that time comes. And I would go through everyone that is a new lead that has come into my system within the last four or five months. I can send them a, a mass email with a special if I want, or I can call them individually. And that's what I did last week. So there was somebody um, that I called, um, you know, looking at our schedule, we need to fill the first week of January. So what did I do? I knew the game. So I got in my database, I called somebody that put in a request that I haven't been able to get a hold of four weeks ago, turned out to be a $6,800 job after me calling him, convincing him for us to come out the same day we were able to come out, gave him a quote, first week of January, he wants it done. Hey, yeah, actually, I still want my house painted. So, So that was a lead that came in. I didn't get in touch with him, but me knowing sales, capitalizing from sales, knowing follow-ups, knowing staying on top of people, everyone's got things going on. The, the emotion was high when he went to my website and he filled out that, that lead form. And then, you know, for whatever reason, maybe something happened, who knows? We, we kind of generalize these things and think, oh, they don't, wanna, they don't want our business. That's not true. Everyone's different. So I've reached out to him and it turned into an opportunity, right? So that, that's, an, that's what I like to call an aggressive approach, you know? So um, in terms of lead sources, you know, you definitely want as many as you can. It doesn't matter if it's home advisor. It doesn't matter if it's thumbtack. It doesn't matter if it's house. It doesn't matter. There's so many, you should be on all of them. So however people search for fence installation in whatever area you service, at least at the very least, my fence co gets an opportunity. And that's the goal. That's what I shoot for. At least give us the opportunity to earn business. I mean, that's exactly. getting the attention, but I can't do anything without the attention or a phone because call or anything. A, so Right. Because there's a, there's a customer acquisition pipeline of first thing it is, is I identify the need. I search for the need before back in the day when I had a need, I'd go to the phone book. When I had a need, I call Joanne down the street. When I had a need. You had a bunch of A's in your business name to be first on the phone book. Yeah, A, 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 painting. You know, that was the strategy back then. Now, now the first reaction is, okay, let me Google it. You can't deny that. So I would say that number one for you, although I think your Google listing is great in terms of reviews, I would get Google ads tomorrow. That's just the quickest way to do it. You can hire somebody to do SEO. And although I'm not like the greatest SEO fan, if you want to spend the money on it, it's nothing but a benefit. It can't hurt because if you're the only fence company paying for SEO and there's not another fence company paying for SEO, you're automatically going to get the spoils. And really what you should see is like, 
your job with marketing is to just throw as much money at whatever avenue people are traveling to find your service. And then once you've done that, that puts you in a position to sit in front of people and convert that money that you put in initially into more money, which is your sale. So you can't do that unless you get opportunity and you should identify and say, okay, if I do 10 estimates in a week, how many of them am I closing? So then you go back to your marketing and say, I need to spend enough money on marketing to ensure that I get 10 estimates to hit this number. That level of detail is a business owner orchestrating a really solid business. And I think, and I think once you understand that dynamic, you're going to get greater ROI and you're also going to be a good manager of that department, that marketing department. And you're going to get a feel for it. Like I understand with home advisor, you know, if I put in a thousand bucks, chances are, you know, nine out of 10 of those leads are not going to answer the phone on the first call. But I know that a follow-up call, maybe an hour later or a text message or an email is going to get them to finally get back to me. And that's great. And then I, and then I capitalize on that. So it's the consistency and it's the persistence that's going to deliver uh, on those leads. Now there's also been people that have filled out right on my website, literally went to my website, which is the highest level lead you can get. And they don't answer the phone. That guy I just told you about, somebody that filled it out on my website, never answered us. I sent emails, text messages, and then going through the motions, um, not like four weeks later, called him. So that that is what you know going through the motions looks like. That's an aggressive approach to finding business. You just made me realize probably why uh, I, I didn't keep or I didn't trust in Home Advisor enough. Because yeah, I mean, I, I started out in the beginning and paid the fee, paid the leads and all that stuff. And I would get a lot of no answer phone calls. I'd, I'd, I'd call them once or twice, but it wasn't, you know, calling them like a few days later or anything. It's kind of like, you know, I shot a call over, they didn't answer. And I was just like, man, after four, five or six of those, I'm thinking, yeah. you know, and when you're already tight on money and you're trying to figure out how to flex them the best way possible, I'm like, man, it's home advisor yeah. isn't. That's where everyone tanks, dude. It's kind of like if you put money into a stock and you see the stock tank, you pull your money out because you're scared yeah. you're going to lose it. You got to see it through. That's why I say when you set that budget, you stick to that budget, man. So for me, I, I'll say, let's say a thousand bucks. I'm going to put a thousand bucks there. If I lose it, I lose it. That's that's the game. But I know that at the very least, I'm going to get 10 leads at a hundred bucks a lead. I mean, you're going to get more, but I know that I'll have 10 people to call. Okay. That's just how home advisor works is pay per lead. So I'm going to get something. And what I've learned by using them for so long, and this is with any sales, I mean, just this is sales 101 call 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 and then drip jobs was really designed to follow up with them automatically so when the lead comes in to drip jobs they're going to get an email every day for seven days automatically then they're going to get a text message once every few days hey and then in those emails in those texts is a link to book so we don't have to pick up the phone to call them they could just click the link and, and book right so and that happens immediately. So as soon as that lead goes in, uh, Drip Jobs is going to send that. And that's kind of what I've been, my greatest focus on for contractors is helping them convert this cold lead traffic into an opportunity. And that's right. What you just said has been the greatest downfall of many, many contractors is giving up too soon, not really digging deep into that sales process and kind of saying, well, they didn't answer. So they're probably not interested. And I've had people that have answered and have said, Tanner, we're not ready for an estimate right now. And I said, no, 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 no problem. It's free. Oh, but we're not ready. But no, but you need it to budget. 
no, no, Tanner, we just, you know, we have, some, but that's okay. We're going to be in your area, you know, in, in two weeks, you know, we'll schedule it then. No problem. And I, I know, you know, we will be real quick. It'd be 30 minutes, but, but Tanner, yeah, no problem. So I just want to know, I have Wednesday the 13th available. Does that work? Uh, let me look at my calendar. Yeah. You know, yep. and that's, that's yeah. how you do it. I paid for the lead. I got to convert it. I don't have a yeah. choice. My mind doesn't allow me to, it's about, either, yeah. it, there's two things that's going to happen. Either she's going to close me on the idea that she doesn't want an estimate or I'm going to close right. her on the idea that she needs an estimate and I'm not losing the Margaret. I love it. You know, I got nine families that need to eat. Yeah. That's awesome. That's something to remember. Yeah, for sure. So I love uh, that mindset. Yeah. It's either she's going to close you or you're going to close her. That's, that's a good way to look at it for sure. Yeah. yeah. Who's going to win? <laughs> <You know? laughs> so um, what else you got, man? Any other outstanding questions? We covered a lot. Those, those are the two big things right now. I, I, I kind of want to focus on those two things and not much of anything else, just because I know that's most important is just getting attention in the right way, following up on leads and project management. But yeah. I just know it's our two biggest weak points right now because, you know, and time, you know, I got to figure out how to delegate other stuff to other people by hiring to, you know, so they can go out there and maybe at some point, if they can build a job, they can estimate a job, I would, I would think. So they can, at some point, if I get more estimates than I can do, which is only one a day, is what I'm limited to right You're now, which is another doing, huge I would focus limiting on, factor. To be honest with you, I would do all the estimates for a year at the minimum. Yeah. Build your business, man. This isn't a rush, you know? And I think yeah. that the idea, I know that there's a little bit of pressure on you to replace your income. Um, but I think once that you realize that you can do this, you're going to probably leave a lot quicker than you think. Because yeah. I always say this, the market needs you more than you know you need the market because there's not enough guys wearing polos walking into houses that come across as trustworthy that have business sense that will do anything i love pace performance after critical error error yeah i'm adopting that as my child <laughs> um you know that's a good one man but you know those standards are sought after and they're felt in the marketplace because people have had poor experiences just because you're a fencing contractor doesn't mean that they're going to have a wound from a painting contractor who got paint all over their floor. It's the same. They see it as the same. They see us all as the same. I, I throw that out there a lot. And I, I just say, have you, you know, first one of my qualifying questions, have you hired, have you worked with a contractor before? You know, what was that experience like to kind of, and this may be right. something that I've heard you say. I just, I don't know where I get information from these days. Sounds familiar, just, but I'm so glad that you say that because that's something that I say as well. Yeah. It's just like, you know, what was I want to know like? who I'm being compared to. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, did they not communicate? Did they not coordinate? Did not, you know, show up on time? You know, what did they do that, how, that's how they see value is like what they did wrong is like what meant something to them because they got angry that the right. thing wasn't that's done. Right. So I, like the definition right of, that. yeah, the definition yeah. of anger to me is like, you know, when something you value is like threatened or not done right, you get angry. So it's like, yeah if that was a pain point for them of someone not showing up on time. And one other thing, I'm like, I'm going to guarantee we do those two things to make guarantee. this successful. That's going to be at the top. Protect yeah. the plants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that's yeah. The, protect the plants. Yeah. Protect the plants. <laughs> yeah. Don't you know, damage my award-winning uh, Craig Myrtle back there, you know. Just, that's yeah. it, man. Yeah, this Craig Myrtle's been with me since my great-grandfather <laughs> was a child. And then you got Pablo shooting white latex in the air, sprinkling on the <laughs> 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 Yeah, 
know, and that's kind of, and I love it, man. And then asking what's important, um, you know, and, and that's true. So these are all values that you should be passing on to the project manager. And the more that you show up as this guy that does everything the right way, um, the more that the standards are going to be raised in your business. My guys know that everything's by the book with us, with me. My guys know that it's whatever the customer wants. You know, my guys know that don't even call me if the customer is complaining about something, fix it. Whatever it is, is if you're doing the job right, there's no reason for there to be any complaints. Now, if the customer's being unruly and, and wants some crazy thing done, that's when I get the call. But yeah. other than that, you know, my guys understand the dynamics of our company. There's leaders. They will follow in line with what the leader says is okay. Whatever you mm -hmm. accept to be true is what they're going to accept to be fine. And if the, if the, if the company standard is, you know, we want to get in and get out as quickly as possible so we can get the check in the bank, that's exactly what your guys will do. That's you know? usually what subs do. They're in and out. The, the faster they can get the job done, and that leads to even, not yeah. adjusting to, to changes, not, you know, tweaking the line of something. And it's even, just like, I need to get in and get out. Well, we didn't even get into that is that they're not committed to my fence co no. my fence co is just this guy who sells jobs and they'll do the bare minimum, but ultimately employees are, are loyal to Mo as opposed to <laughs> this guy. And mm -hmm. I think that that's what you're going to try to build. And I think it starts immediately, man. I really think, and what I'm going to do uh, for you is I'm going to give you this Google form and I'm going to give you my ad template just for being here today, man. So you can get going immediately. I think that you can you. really get somebody um, in your, you know, in your sphere of uh, you know, in your world that that could really use a job and would be grateful to work for you. Uh, yeah. So I'll give that to you. That's awesome. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, no problem, man. I think we're going to wrap up today, man. Great talk. I'd love to have you on again. Here's some progress. I think that'd be awesome. I mean, these breakthroughs, man, people always ask me, well, what happened with Jeff and what happened? With I'm like, man, I, I got to get these guys back on. So I'd love to have you back maybe, you know, in a month or so to hear, you know, what, what happened. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And it's good because it's accountability. So don't come back and tell me that you didn't, didn't do anything. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I love it. All right, man. Thank you. Thanks, Tanner. Hold on, man. I'm going to. Hey, I just want to take a second to thank you for joining me here on the Contractor Secrets Podcast. Um, I'm just going to take this opportunity to let you know that my passion is coaching people, helping people. Um, I've changed my Instagram name to at Contractor Coach, and I did that because that is my passion. I want to help you, so please reach out to me. If you have an issue going on in your business, send me an email Find me on Instagram, message me, and let's do a breakthrough session. I want to work through your problems in your business to help you get to that next level. And, and one thing that I always say is this, you know, the difference between those that get over the humps and the hurdles in business is just a change in perspective. And that's what I plan to offer you. So get with me, message me, allow me to help you take your business to the next level.